When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Managing Director, Charts and Data Operations at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Executive Digital Director, West Coast. How's it going, Katie? Not bad. How about yourself, Keith? Oh, you know, things are just swell. It's a very, it's a very busy, hectic holiday season. Uh, um, But we also have lots of holiday music news uh, on the show this week. We sure do. Because as always, the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music and guest interviews, with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, it's a big week on the charts as Brenda Lee breaks all sorts of records on the Billboard Hot 100 as her classic holiday tune, Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, tops the chart for the very first time 65 years after its release. Plus, on the Billboard 200 Albums chart, Taylor Swift not only returns to number one with 1989 Taylor's version, but she has five of the top 10 albums this week, the first time a living artist has held at least half of the top 10 at the same time since the chart combined its previously separate mono and stereo album charts 60 years ago. Also on the show, speaking of Brenda Lee, our own Jessica Nicholson was with the living legend when she learned that she had hit number one with Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree. So I'll tell you all about that. Plus, could another holiday song top the Hot 100? Who knows? But Anything Keith is possible. Will, Keith and I will talk about who might be the most likely to do that and how it might happen. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. Okay, let's do the chart chat. First up, on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart, the 78-year-old Brenda Lee jumps from number eight to number one on the Billboard Hot 100 with her holiday classic, Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, which tops the chart for the first time 65 years after its release. In fact, she recorded the song when she was just a wee 13 years old. That's how she is only 78 now. Like, only I think people just assume that she's much older, but girl it, is 13. There, there is a, there is a, there's a certain kind of sense when you're listening to all of those old timey sounding holiday songs like Jingle Bell Rock, Rock Around the Christmas Tree, Holly Jolly Christmas, White Christmas. 
Nat King Cole's a Christmas song. You just assume all of those folks are no longer with us. However, Brenda is still with us and still here to see the song go to number one, which is incredible and beautiful. Yeah, it sure is. And we were even with her, Keith. Can I talk about it now? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. (laughs) Okay, so Jessica Nicholson is our country reporter who is based in Nashville, as is Brenda Lee. And we, unrelated to this moment, had an interview set up with Brenda on Monday. Let's let's be, let's be clear. Uh, Brenda's record label and the catalog division of Universal Music, uh, Universal Music, which is Universal Music Enterprises, has been promoting this song because it's the 65th anniversary. So she's been she made an official music video for the first time. She's been doing interviews and promotions. She's appearing on the Opry Christmas special. So for Billboard to just happen to be there, this was part of something that was previously set up. They the, the editorial people did not know that this was going to be number one when they set this up because we did not have it at number one until we compiled the chart on that Monday is morning. Correct. And anyway. uh, we actually were literally there when Brenda herself was informed of the news. Um, you can watch that moment on Billboard's Instagram, and it's really touching. Um, this is a woman who she's she's had number one hits on the Hot 100 before too, actually. Yeah. But um, they were both, I believe, in 1960. Yeah. So uh, it has been a minute. And, you know, I think that she's probably been enjoying the song's resurgence every year. But it has been at number two these last four years as Mariah has gone to number one on the Hot 100. But this time around, she got to number one and uh, her label boss actually got to sit down and tell her on video. And uh, she just kind of quietly wept like on this video and it's really it's really sweet um and it seems like everyone's really excited and the sweetest part is that brenda just talks about what a team effort it is she talks about the songwriter and producer who are both no longer with us um who uh apparently both of them actually got their first number one on the hot 100 with this moment as well um and she and she talked about how you know how excited they would have been about it Um, And then when she spoke with Jessica, she also talked about Home Alone's impact on the song, which I loved. Um, You know, that is just an incredible soundtrack. And Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree has one of the most fun scenes in the movie that is a holiday staple. Um, And she talks about how that is like, I mean, that's kind of what for me, for my generation, made it um, what it is. Um, And and she said, I'm going to read the quote about Home Alone because I was just so tickled that she while you find the quote, I, w- I was going to say, like, I totally agree with you how um, th- th- basically people like my even my age, because I'm a little bit older than Katie. I think th- the, a number of generations now that Home Alone has become like a classic Christmas film, basically anyone that was around from being a child or an adult from 1990 onwards may have first encountered Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree through Home Alone. Run Run Rudolph, the Drifters version of White Christmas. I mean, there's so many songs that I I think I know and love so well because of that movie. But she, uh, she said about Home Alone, that's the catalyst that pushed it over that hill, as we'll call it. Mm. It's just been a blessing. It's just so sweet that she, uh, anyway, it's just a really wonderful moment. And we've talked a lot last week, even we spoke about 
whether anyone else might have that Christmas number one like Mariah's had um, the last four years. And, you know, this was the most likely contender. And yet it still feels like such a momentous thing for it to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, it's just the third holiday song to top the Hot 100 after Mariah's All I Want for Christmas Is You. Um, which has spent number time at number one for the past uh, four holiday seasons. Uh, and then before that, you have to go back to Alvin and the Chipmunks, the Chipmunk song, which had four weeks at number one in December of 1958 and January of 1959. Uh, I'm going to give credit where credit's due. Gary Trust, who manages the Hot 100 chart, wrote a lot of the content that I'm reading to you today, uh, just so no one thinks that I'm ripping him off liberally, though I do all the time. Uh, Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree drew 34.9 million official streams and 20.7 million in radio airplay audience impressions in the week ending November 30th. That's up 69% and 35% respectively. That's all, of course, in the United States. And it sold 3,000 downloads. That was up 39%. All of those numbers are according to Luminate per usual. Um, uh, as Katie mentioned before, uh, Brenda has been on top of the Hot 100 twice before with I'm sorry and I want to be wanted both in 1960. I don't think I actually know I want to be wanted, but I really know I'm sorry. Yes, we so all do. sorry. I forced like, Dan to listen, I'm sorry. Like, you know this song. And he's like, oh yeah, I do know oh, yeah. that song. <laughs> Everyone knows that song. Um, so yeah, what an incredible feat for Brenda to hit number one. Um, amazing. She's not only, she not only has the longest span or sort of the longest gap from when a song was first on the chart to when it hit number one, because it actually charted back in 1960, um, peaking at number 14 back then. Yeah, Jessica actually noted that the the song um, came out in, I guess, let's, uh, the math of 65 years means it came out in 1958. Um, is that right? Yeah. yeah, originally recorded and, and released in 1958. Yep. And she said um, in her article that it had, you know, sort of modest success in the first two Christmas seasons. But then when she hit number one uh, with the other two songs in 1960, it was that following Christmas when it hit its original peak of number 14. OK, yeah. So so according to Gary, uh, it, though it was recorded and released in 1958, it didn't actually hit the Hot 100 until December 12th, 1960. There you go. Um, after she had already had all of that success with those, she had numerous hit singles in 1960 beyond those two number ones. Um, and then it peaked at number 14 for two weeks. Um, and then, of course, for the past four years, it's peaked at number two behind Mariah Carey. So if any of the holiday songs that have reached the top 10 over the past four or five seasons were to go to number one, aside from Mariah Carey, Brenda was the most likely suspect to do so. Yes. And there's a lot of other potential contenders, right, that are in this, yeah. this week's top 10. In fact, uh, in the top 10 on the Hot 100 this week, uh, it's a very jolly top 10. <laughs> uh, six of the top 10 are holiday songs. Of course, Brenda's number one and Mariah is number two. She jumps two spots to number two. Bobby Helms' Jingle Bell Rock uh, rocks 12 to four. Wham's Last Christmas climbs 13 to five. Earl Ives, A Holly Jolly Christmas, Jingles 16 to 6. And Andy Williams, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year, jumps 28 to 10. So I would suspect that if any other song were to do this, barring some unusual circumstance where there's like a brand new hot holiday song recorded by Drake or something, <laughs> um, it would be one of these songs that I just mentioned because those are the ones that hit the top 10 the soonest after 
Brenda and Mariah, because Brenda and the Mariah were the first two holiday songs to reach the top 10 this year. These are the next ones. So in theory, these have the most power going into the holiday season. Anything that hits the top 10 after this, like let's say if Kelly Clarkson or the Ronettes or Ariana hit the top 10, they have less power going into the season. So maybe one of those songs, Bobby Helms, Jingle Bell Rock, Last Christmas, Holly Jolly Christmas, or It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year, maybe one of those could be the next plausible number one in terms of holiday songs. Yeah, and I think um, what's interesting with Brenda is that there isn't one thing you can point to that is the reason why this was the year. As Keith said, they've been promoting it for the 65th anniversary. This is the new music video. Um, but it's not like one silver bullet thing that made her go to number one. No. Um, and having said that, though, I do think, I, just and this is only my theory, has nothing to do with working for Billboard. I do think that all of this wonderful press that she is now receiving from finally hitting number one could lead to a second week at number one next week. Just, yeah. just given the attention around this song uh, in addition to what it's already been able to do this season. I think, Katie, you might be onto something um, because it, it does feel like it's one of those things where it's sort of not to compare Brenda Lee to, say, like an Oliver Anthony music situation. <laughs> I was thinking Oliver Anthony, too. <laughs> but all of the press coverage is going to lead people to maybe seeking out like the music video and maybe they hadn't mm -hmm. watched that or you know i mean it's not like anyone it's not like this song is an unknown song everyone and their mom has heard this song right. um so there's extra I, goodwill around it too like yeah. in general like i think you know if you're a radio programmer and you see that it went to number one maybe you add it for another spin who knows or more likely uh, there will be a news segment on the morning drive show or the afternoon drive. So, oh, Brenda Lee hit number one this week. You know, and da, then you da, da, go straight into straight it, straight into the song, which maybe <laughs> you wouldn't play it during the morning show, but now you would. A hundred percent. Yeah. 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 I so, think all of that is very plausible. So having said that, though, looking at the list of names that you mentioned of the other songs in this top 10, you know, I, I I want to think strategically because that's how we often see things happen. Like, oh, you know, some so-and-so releases a music video and that's the week that it goes to number one. But it's a little different here um, when we were talking about Bobby Helms and we're talking about Wham! And we're talking about inactive acts and or late legends. Uh, it's like, what is necessarily the promotional push that happens um that pushes those songs over the edge you I know i mean i think uh of these even though jingle bell rock ranks higher than wham um perhaps wham uh could because i think last christmas has been kind of gaining the popularity every year mm -hmm. um unlike the other ones which have all been continually gaining popularity but they were already kind of top 10 regulars i think last christmas has continued to build the past few years uh, Andrew Ridgely, who is one half of Wham, is still here with us. George Michael was just inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year. So didn't he pass on a Christmas day? I believe he did. Anyway. I, I kind of actually remember suddenly uh, jumping to my laptop and having to start working. Yeah, when same. George Michael I'm passed just checking away. if it was like Christmas Day or Christmas Eve. I'm curious now. Um, yeah, it was literally Christmas Day 2016. Yeah. So I have a feeling maybe if anything does it, and probably not this year. It maybe it could be last Christmas. Maybe yeah, next Christmas. I, 
it's funny i had the exact same instinct so um yeah so let's put it into the universe just like we used to champion brenda lee getting to number one here we go she's here she did it again we have nothing to do with how this actually is do with it we just love i'll speak for myself i just love a revolving door of number ones where the wealth is shared among lots of different artists because look at what a beautiful moment it led to with brenda getting this get wonderful christmas gift also, she becomes the oldest uh, artist to ever have a number one hit on the Hot 100. Oh, that's even cuter. It's a little bit of a technicality since she was 13 when she recorded it. Could it be uh, something like, uh, who is the youngest person to have recorded a number one hit? Do you know the answer to that? <laughs> no, but that sounds like a great question to pose to Gary Trust. I'm going to ask Billboard for the Billboard mailbag. Who is the youngest person to record a number one hit? Because it's like, could that also be Brenda? Is she right now the youngest and oldest? Maybe. Whoa. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> uh, next, over on the Billboard 200 albums chart, Taylor Swift's 1989 Taylor's version returns to number one for a third week in the lead, uh, the most weeks atop the list for any of Swift's four re-recorded albums. It earned 141,000 equivalent album units in the U.S. in the week ending November 30th, and that's up 3% according to Luminate. Now, Swift incredibly has five of the top 10 albums uh, this week, as 1989 Taylor's version is joined by Midnight's, which climbs six to three, Folklore, which moves nine to five, Lover, which moves eight to six, and Speak Now, Taylor's version, which moves 17 to 10. Uh, all of Taylor's uh, albums that I just mentioned, along with a number of other albums on the chart, all have gains partially owed to uh, promotions at retailers, uh, including Target, Walmart, and so forth, for Black Friday and general holiday shopping promotions. So that's why there's a lot of action on the chart this week, especially a lot of vinyl sales increases. All that said, She's the first living artist with at least half of the top 10 at the same time since the Billboard 200 was combined from its previously separate mono and stereo album charts into one all-encompassing list in August of 1963, so a little over 60 years ago. Uh, the only other act to have at least five of the top 10 at the same time was Prince uh, on the May 14th, 2016 dated chart, also with five albums, following his death a few weeks earlier. It's been such a crazy chart year for Taylor Swift. Just so many things that she has accomplished that felt like really impossible to do. I don't know. I just feel like since the Eras Tour started in March, we've been talking about all of her random older albums spiking and, um, you know, being the only living artist to X, Y, and Z. So, yeah, just another notch in the year of Taylor, I guess. Exactly. Uh, she's going out on, with, with a big bang at the end of the year. Also in the top 10 of the Billboard 200, friend of the podcast, Michael Bublé's chart-topping Christmas rises 24 to 9, marking the first holiday album to visit the top 10 this season. The set earned 46,000 equivalent album units in the U.S. in the tracking week. That was up 56%. And the top 10 of the Billboard 200 is familiar territory for the former number one, as Christmas has visited the top 10 in every holiday season since its initial release and five-week run at number one in December of 2011 and January of 2012. In total, Christmas has earned 7.12 million equivalent album units in the U.S. 
with 4.65 million of that sum in traditional album sales. And it continues to be Buble's most successful album, both by units earned and total album sales. Remember when we talked to him about uh, his Christmas music and he said that people make jokes about like him getting thawed out every Christmas season? That bums oh. me out, but like it's such a nice thing. Like it's yeah. such a nice thing that he just keeps coming back. He, I think he, that's his sort of, uh, that's his, his nature, his, his, yeah. his sort of sense, his sort of wry, sarcastic sense of humor, which doesn't always uh, <laughs> gel with, you know, sort of earnest holiday music. Right. Um, so that's why it's funny to hear someone like, you know, Cher saying, I don't really like Cher music. I don't know what <laughs> voice that is. But, but even, but like, you know, people like Cher and Buble can sort of kind of wink at their own music. But Michael Bublé, actually, he was doing an interview like a week or two ago, and they asked him about Cher's Christmas album. Oh. And uh, by the way, Cher and Michael Bublé share record labels. Sure, mm. record labels. <laughs> um, and he said, and I'm paraphrasing, he said, here's here's the thing about the Cher album. It's, it's, it's great because it's still a Cher album. Totally. You know, uh, it's not she's not doing something that doesn't feel right or doesn't sound right. It's Cher doing the music that sounds right and feels right for her to do. It's still very much a Cher album. And 100%. he said the same, he said the same thing about, you know, his music. Like he, he, he curated that Christmas album very specifically to be in his wheelhouse and also things that he really wanted to record. It wasn't like, here's a list of things that you need to do says the record label. Right. So anyway, and DJ play a Christmas song still slaps. <laughs> I love to hear it on the radio. Um, shall we move on to the chart side of the week? We shall. Okay. Well, now it's time for the chart side of the week, and it's decidedly not very Christmassy, but it's not going to stop me from talking about Janet Jackson, because 30 years ago this month, Janet Jackson scored her seventh number one on the Billboard Hot 100 with, again, uh, which was written for her starring role in the film Poetic Justice, and it climbed two to one on the December 11th, 1993 dated chart. The song spent two weeks at number one and would eventually earn Jackson her first Academy Award nomination for Best Original Song, as she co-wrote it with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. And thus, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis also got Oscar nominations as well. Again, was included on Jackson's album titled Janet, and was the second of two number ones from that set, following the lead single, That's the Way Love Goes. Jackson would top the Hot 100 three more times thus far, most recently with All For You in 2001. So there's uh, your chart set of the week, a little uh, flashback to 30 years ago when Janet Jackson topped the Hot 100 with her future Oscar-nominated hit again. Uh, Katie, you know, I was struggling to, to research this, but I could not get the answer definitively before we started recording. I don't think Janet Jackson has recorded any holiday-esque songs. I don't think. I sure can't think of anything. I mean, when I think Jackson Family and Christmas music, I think Jackson 5. And, yes, and yeah. that's kind of where it ends, I think. Yep, yep. Um, as far but, as I know as well. 
But there could be some like obscure beat, but you'd think that we would have, you and I just would have randomly had known about it by this point. Doesn't it seem like, you know, back then there were so many like variety shows and things like that maybe she popped on and did a Christmas carol when she was like a child and her brothers were just getting famous. Who knows? I don't oh, know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's there's great pictures of, uh, speaking of Cher, there's great pictures of Janet as a little girl mm-hmm. showing up on the Cher show in the 70s. So maybe there's like yeah. a Christmas special floating around. I don't know. Well, um, someone will tell us who hears this. Yeah, please. Please. Okay. I also sent an email to Universal Music Enterprises saying, do you know, I should know this, but I don't. And then um, all of a sudden they're emailing Janet saying, how about a Christmas album next year? <laughs> oh, One of your you biggest imagine? fans says you haven't. <laughs> oh, I would I would love to be the instigator of such a thing. That would be fun. Um, yeah, you'll okay. be, Keith, we can credit with a Janet Christmas album and the Troy Sivan Glory Hole vinyl. <laughs> By the way, uh, I got a notification that that seven inch single is finally on the way. Oh, there you go. It's not here yet, but it's fi- it was delayed, <laughs> but it's finally going to be here. Finally, I can have the seven inch glory hole for Christmas. <laughs> thanks, just, thanks. Just what's on every child's list. <laughs> thanks, Troy Savon. It's what we all wanted for Christmas. Um, what's in uh, your bag, Troy? Okay, <laughs> let's just stop. Um, I wonder if Troy has any holiday songs. Never mind. Um, <laughs> we've reached the end of our big shoe. Um, any parting words? Oh, man. I Can we just talk about Christmas for the next, like, three episodes? Because that's my plan. <laughs> uh, I think that's what we might end up doing. Okay, let's do it. Um, but we might <laughs> run out of topics. I don't know. Then again, who knows? Maybe some other crazy other Christmas song will go back to number one. Maybe Mariah will go to number one next week. We'll see. I mean, I, I feel like Mariah will be number one at some, some point, point this holiday season. That's how I feel. Yeah. Again, as a random... This is a feeling. It's all instinctual. <laughs> all just a gut feeling. Um, okay, so what song should we go out on? Oh man, um, oh, we talked about a lot. Should we talk about? Should we do go out on a Buble Christmas song? Sure. I like when he does. Um, I think it's Santa Claus is coming to town, where it's like the big fat man in his big red sack or whatever he says. <laughs> all right. Well, hopefully he covered that, and hopefully you didn't misremember. <laughs> If not, I'll just pick some other song. Sounds like a plan. (laughs) All right, see you guys next time. Bye. I'm in the big fat man with the long white beard. He's coming to town. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.